Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am John Shirky here with my friend and co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, as always, good to see you. Excited for another episode. Here we go. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's always good to touch base. Got Will Drumright on today. He works in the sports psych field, was also uh, kind of connected to James Leith from a previous episode, but he he's an awesome guy, great energy. Uh, he's the, a professional sports coach who I would love to play for. Maybe not the professional sport that we would think it is. Tell us about what he does. Well, he works for the Indianapolis Alley Cats, which I had never heard of, but we get into about it's way bigger than I thought it was. I thought it was just like a niche ultimate Frisbee league. Well, he opened my eyes to that. It's way bigger than that. And he even talked about being on like sports center top 10, which I've never done anything that cool. So it's pretty awesome to talk to him about it. We think, Hey, it's niche sport, not that big a deal, but in reality, we all have niche interests, right? We all do things that are really important to us. And maybe other people kind of think are silly. And he talks about performance being performance, Right no matter what we're performing at, the call is to do it at its highest possible level. And as the head coach, he gets to try and pull that out of people. And a lot of the stuff he gets to in the interview is how do we do that? How do we pull out the best in other people, specifically on the mental side? And that doesn't matter if we are a leader in a business, a leader in our homes, in our families, in our relationships. It all applies because performance is performance. I love too that he gets back to some tangible tools, some definite, some activities that you can apply starting today to get better, to start living eyes up. So I'm ready to get to it, Jamie. Without further ado, Will Drumright. Will, welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. Awesome to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be able to uh, connect with you all finally. So in general... You know, the stuff that you kind of are doing is along the same lines as and aligned with kind of what we're doing, working with some teams, working on mental skills, mental performance. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, I have to ask a question about the Indianapolis Alley Cats and the AUDL because I'm going to be honest with you, I had no idea that it even existed. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not awesome. So <laughs> tell us, tell us how awesome it is and what it is for those of us out there that don't know what it is. Yeah, well, uh, it's always exciting to talk about the ADL and talk about Ultimate Frisbee, uh, especially the Indiana Cats, who I'm uh, partial to, especially since I'm their uh, head coach right now. So the um, the Indianapolis Alley Cats is the Indianapolis franchise team for the um, American Ultimate Disc League. That's what AUDL stands for. Uh, so there are 20, I believe as of now, there are 24 franchises across, um, across the United States and, and in Canada. Uh, there is one in Minnesota. I know you all are Minnesota guys. Uh, so the Minnesota Windchill, um, you know. Fitting. If you need a, yeah, if you need a, if you need to be a regional fan, I can, you know, I think that, you know, uh, you know, you should be Alley Cat fans, but again, I'm biased. Uh, they are in our division. They're great divisional opponents. We love going up and competing against them. Um, and 
Um, so yeah, so the league started in 2000 and uh, 2011 and it has eight teams and then it has grown, you know, to be what it is now and is continuing to grow. So you're starting to see a lot more, um, you know, the league is pushing a lot of marketing and a lot of uh, partnerships and uh, with like we Fox sports too, you're going to see games being shown on there um, and different things uh, and stuff. So the league is trying to really gain a whole lot more exposure beyond just maybe like the occasional sports center top 10 play where everyone's like, Oh, they're, they're super athletic people who play ultimate Frisbee. Uh, so let's see what that's all about. Um, but uh, so people who aren't necessarily familiar with it. I mean, it's, it's a really fast paced game. It's seven on seven on a full football field, 20 yard end zones, um, you know, basically four quarters of just nonstop action. Um, so the disc is always moving all over the place. Um, and so you're going to see some incredible athletic plays being made. Uh, and so it's just, it's a great, unique, like great sport to go and compete in. And it's just, it's so unique. Again, it, it's, there's no ball involved, but it, it combines sports from soccer, lacrosse, basketball, like all these different um, sports and kind of takes, I don't say the best parts of them, right. But uh, some unique aspects of it. So, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a fun sport to watch. So if you, you know, if somebody out there just wants to, you know, YouTube, Hey, AUDL, or, you know, Hey, maybe Indy Alley Cats, uh, you'll be able to pull up some really cool, um, some really cool plays. And, you know, especially if you just like seeing plastic fly through the air, uh, it's a ton of fun. So the, uh, the Indianapolis franchise is one of the original eight. Um, and so it's been, you know, I took the reins over this past year. Uh, I like to joke that I'm undefeated as a coach because we didn't have a season. <laughs> so uh, it's been a unique time to be a head coach for sure. Um, so it's, I, um, and it's, it's also fun coming in this year to be the head coach because in 2014, I had the privilege to actually play for him. Um, and then, uh, and so that was an incredible opportunity. It was kind of a lifelong dream uh, for me. I never thought I would actually uh, be able to say I was a professional athlete. Um, but when the opportunity presented itself, um, it's a great moment. And then now I get to, I'm the one that they trust to kind of lead the troops into the, into the game and everything. And so we were excited for our team last year. We're excited for what we're going to continuously be building up here. And it's just a lot of fun. So where, where do you get athletes from? You said you played the opportunity presented. I, yeah. I, I mean, again, forgive my naive, naive uh, <laughs> approach to this, but like, I, I don't, where do you get athletes? Do you, are you out there recruiting and you're like, Hey, that guy on the pickup basketball floor is a really, or the pickup. Yeah. He's, he's playing really well. He's really athletic. I bet he can catch a Frisbee. Yeah. So, you know, we just walking into gyms, Hey, you look like you're strong and athletic. Can you, you know, you want to play? Um, no. So there's, you know, ultimate Frisbee is very much like kind of a cult sport, I guess, like a very small niche, uh, small sure. community following. Uh, so there is, um, you know, the ADL is the professional version of ultimate Frisbee, but there is this other side that's where it's more uh, club sport oriented, um, you know, within uh, colleges, youth, and then even beyond uh, some of the clubs like cities uh, have different club teams that go and compete. They, they compete in um, USA, uh, USA ultimate, uh, which is more kind of where the grassroots of ultimate uh, it's, as a sport started. Uh, and so we have a lot of opportunities with, you know, whether it's, you know, college club teams or youth teams in the Indiana has been very fortunate to have some really good, strong youth programs uh, that has put some great players um, on the map nationally. But then there are a lot of colleges around where players come in and play and, you know, for students, you know, if they're looking for something a little bit more competitive than intramural, club sport, you know, not just ultimate, it's a great opportunity to be able to do that. And so we find a lot of athletes that way of just, you know, Hey, they, they start playing the sport uh, through a club program, a youth or organization or something. And then they start to find out, Hey, I'm within 
two hours of Indianapolis and there's a new tryout for a pro team. Let me see if I can go out and make it. Um, and then, you know, within, within the league itself, um, you know, kind of everybody knows everybody to a, to a degree. So we can start having some conversations of like, you know, Hey, this player is maybe thinking about move in or being close, or maybe they, they're looking for a different uh, change of scenery. Um, so we get to recruit in that sense of, you know, talking to, you know, some of these other teams and, and people. Um, so it's kind of a unique way to find some players there. Are you looking by chance for a 35-year-old former ultimate Frisbee national champion by chance? Oh, yeah. I, I was – this is an interesting story. Okay. Uh, I'm actually an ultimate Frisbee national champion um, when I was <laughs> 17. Self-titled. Uh, <laughs> so we went to this uh, youth group kind of conference, this national conference, yeah. and there was a giant ultimate Frisbee tournament, and we, we won it. And – so our church's youth group won this ultimate Frisbee tournament and we, yeah. we took to calling ourselves, they gave us a trophy. It went to our church and it no said way. national champion on it. And so we started calling ourselves ultimate Frisbee national champions. Um, and I, I still make this claim to my students to this day that I'm a national champion. So, I mean, if you're looking for a guy that's almost 36 and well past his prime, I, I might consider a relocation. Just well, there you go. Well, we, uh, we're working on our, you know, the, the league itself is working really hard to figure out what the next season is going to look like, putting in all the safety protocols and everything. You know, we're targeting to try and have our tryouts in December. So, hey, you know, you want to yeah. come out and see what it's all about? Um, you know, it sounds like you're a welcome addition to the tryout. <laughs> well, I can't run like I used to. Let's say that. Let's, well, uh, I, let's just call a spade a spade right now. Be more, more of a veteran presence than uh, – yeah. Leadership. Leadership. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the intangibles, right? The intangibles. <laughs> hey, that's valuable. That's something to, to be considered, you know? And um, so, yeah, definitely. I think speaking kind of on those lines, that's more here, what we're here to talk about. I hope people enjoyed that conversation. Cause I love playing ultimate Frisbee. I have for a long time. I think it's an amazing sport that is just a great opportunity to go out and be active, but what we're here to talk about is this, this piece that we all do and we work with is, is the mental side of the game. And, and we've talked a lot with different people about how do we engage that piece. My question for you, and I think this is interesting, is how do you as a coach do that with consistency in your actual program you know you talk about hey i've have you know like not preparing for games i think probably makes it easier but but what is your routine of that sort of stuff look like on a broad spectrum because we talk about it a lot as an individual yeah skill and individual process how do you as a coach implement this thing more broadly yeah well and it's it's something that i'm always aware of as a coach because i do spend so much time working with athletes outside of you know ultimate of, you know, just working with them on little skills to try and figure out how to make, make sure that they can perform their best when it matters the most and like teaching them all these different, these different skills. Um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, there's a, you know, there's a lot that I'll, I'll try and do in terms of figuring out um, what, you know, design kind of either designing culture of like understanding like, Hey, what are the pillars that we have to live up to? And then how is everything that we're going to do reflect that? And then how can we continuously, you know, really teach that? Um, so a lot of time I'm, I, my assistant coaches probably, it probably drives them nuts because they're, you know, I've got two great assistants around me uh, that we're working on and are very, you know, oriented. I'm like, all right, well, how do we communicate this? How are we going to be able to share this to where players are going to be able to understand? Like how, you know, even down to it's like, okay, 
when somebody's screwing up, how do we, how are we going to go through and approach, approach that, um, you know, and understanding like some of the, the nuances that go into all of the practices and everything that are built around. Um, and then also it's intentional. Um, sorry, my dog is again, trying to be a part of this conversation. He's parking at a, a blank wall right now. <laughs> so, hey, stop, buddy. thank you. Um, and so with, with the practices, um, being able to build it out of, you know, from a format of, we, we use the format of teach, uh, teach, repeat, compete. Uh, and so then uh, I, I had some like really fancy way of like, okay, hey, we're going to teach this new skill. We're going to add it in in theory, and then it's going to go in live. And my assistant coach was like, oh, you mean teach, repeat, and then compete uh, of like going through of just being able to make sure that people are able to, you know, understand, hey, you've experienced success with it great. Let's challenge you a little bit more. Now let's see it live where everything gets, you know, stressed out, uh, with it, you know? Um, so trying to build out practices, I spent a lot of time very intentionally, like our practice plan are very built out. Hey, what is the purpose of this drill? What are we trying to go through and accomplish? Um, and then I'll even try and begin to figure out, okay, what do I need to talk about or who do I need to talk to today at practice? What, like on a more of like an individual level, like if I need to pull somebody aside or, you know, before practice, like, Hey, I need to talk to you about this. This is where we can encourage you here. Maybe call somebody out um, and understanding how, like how those different things uh, are going to work. So I'm always like, my brain is constantly firing in terms of trying to figure out what exactly necessarily needs to be done. We have a game plan and understanding how to be adaptable, but then trying to figure out like it's always a work in progress. Just because we have a plan in place, it doesn't mean that it's going to go according to plan. I'll throw the plan out if we have to go back through and do something else. Um, but the, the other thing that I try and make sure that at least my players understand, and at least, you know, hopefully they understand, right, uh, is that I'm there for them as, you know, as a player and like individual first, you know, making sure we're taking care of, taking care of them as well, because I know that, you know, a lot of these guys that were, you know, our youngest player, I think is 18, our oldest, um, potentially could be 35, <laughs> uh, but right now is 34. Um, so, you know, there's a wide range of things. And so you've got all these different life events that these guys are going through. Um, some are in college, some are, you know, on the verge of getting married, uh, some are, you know, having kids and like all these different life situations uh, are important uh, factors to be aware of because I need to know what's important to them. How can we support, you know, how can we, I say we as a coaching staff, um, how can we support them and then make sure that, you know, the other parts of their life know that we're trying to take care of that, you know, that individual as well. Man, that's, there's a lot in that answer, Will. Um, <laughs> So just to unpack a, a few things, the, the process of teach, repeat, compete. I think, you know, a lot of coaches out there would say, yeah, I, we, we do that. I do that in our practice plans and intentionality, right? I think that's the other thing that I, you actually said it. And then it's also just magnified by like, hey, this is what we do. This is how mm -hmm. we do it. But I think that process of teach, repeat, compete, everybody's familiar with the physical, technical side of like the sport, Right. Right. How do you incorporate that process and with the mental skills as part of that progression? Because again, as a football coach, it's like, oh yeah, here's the game plan. We're going to go out there and we're going to line up against these formations and run these plays. And mm -hmm. then we show up on Friday or Saturday and we compete. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that's a natural progression, but from the mental side, I think that's where people maybe need uh, some tips and, or ideas as to how to incorporate that into your practice because I think we, even if the ones who are doing it, I think are good at the teaching and then wanting to compete at it. But mm -hmm. the practice part of it, I think is the, where, where we, where we're lacking. 
Yeah. Um, so I like to frame a lot of the mental skills and that I'll give athletes, uh, you know, just that they're just as important as any other skill that they work at, whatever their sport is, you know, uh, football, golf, volleyball, it, it doesn't matter. You have to begin to incorporate them because if, you know, Hey, I teach a skill on Friday, you go out and compete uh, in a golf tournament on Saturday, that skill's not going to mean anything to you. Um, and so uh, finding ways to be able to build it into practice. And then uh, I happen to work with a lot of golfers right now. Um, I think golf is a sport that's starting to pick up in a lot of popularity right now, um, especially around a bunch of, uh, among uh, some young people. Um, but uh, I had a conversation with a golfer last week where um, I said, okay, you know, getting ready for a tournament, here's a skill that we've been working on. You understood how it didn't connect in a tournament, right? Like we were, it was a little too early to try and implement that. Well, let's go back in. What, what's, what drills can you do at practice where you can change the parameters that are going to emphasize that skill? Um, so one of the drills I had her do was you have to make 10, 10 five foot putts in a row, but you have to do your full routine every time. If you don't do your full routine, then it doesn't count. By the way, if the ball doesn't go in the hole, then it doesn't count either. So then you're adding in like stress on multiple sides of it to where you're building in practice where you change up the, I like to call it changing up the metric of what the practice is actually doing, because it may take you 50 putts to make 10 in a row. Well, now you've practiced your routine 50 times in a row. So you get much more comfortable with it. Uh, same thing with like a refocus cue. Uh, I'll be out with a, you know, with a um, golfer on a driving range where, you know, they, I make them go through their refocus routine. So refocus cue or routine is something to be able just to, if something drew their focus away and be able to bring them back in to re-engage their focus and going from there. Um, so I like to give them something kind of physical and verbal to, to really be able to, something physical to be able to do, like, um, you know, like a baseball player hitting their glove or something. Um, but giving them something to be able to change up their practice where like that is just as, as important as hitting the ball straight. Um, the other thing, uh, so, so talking football, one of the things that um, I have a privilege of doing there at the beginning of each, each year is working with uh, uh, potential NFL prospects. And so when they go through the combine process, first thing I ever teach them is how to use their, uh, how to use a breathing routine and how their breath can really work for them to help them reset. So then um, what we'll do is while they're out working out, doing their 40 shuttle runs, you know, their L cones, whatever they need to be doing. If I see them start to get frustrated and tense up, then all they do is say their name, touch my chest, and they stop, and they sit there, and then they breathe. And then they reset and refocus and are able to use that reminder as well. Because the other thing is that, you know, it is a skill that they need to be able to use, but it is something that they can be able to use with a reminder. You can put something in like a, you know, a bag or put it in your cleats, right? Locker. Hey, this is the intention that I'm going to take out into the game or practice and what I want to carry with me. Um, just to remind ourselves rather than just trying to carry that weight in your head, right? Sometimes the weight of thoughts can be heavier than like a piece of paper. I love to use index cards with athletes. And so if you can say, hey, take this index card, write down the three things that you need to focus on to set your intention. Um, I like to call it uh, focus affirmations. Uh, so, you know, hey, these are three things I'm going to focus on today. And then you end it with, I'm excited to do blank, right? I'm excited to do whatever it is that you're working on today, the skill or anything else like that to where you're going to really emphasize, you know, what you're bringing to the table and then what like the, that kind of excited energy to help you focus as you go into, you know, competition or practice. Go ahead, John. I was just, I was just thinking, you know, we clearly have a sports focused um, yeah. perspective a lot of times, but as you were talking, I was thinking about 
okay, how does that apply to somebody who, you know, is a parent or is going to work? And it's like, it's the same. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the same is what if every day you, you woke up and you wrote on that note card, like these are the three things I'm going to focus on. And I'm really excited to go to work. How would that change our productivity, how we treated other people, how we felt about our situation. Um, but it's, it goes back to that intention and, and this, and, and even this process of teach, repeat, compete is like same thing yeah. in our personal lives. We, we want to learn about stuff and then we want to be able to just do it. Right. We mm-hmm. skip that practice part, but Jamie, what were you, you going to say? Well, was, we were just talking about this yesterday. So I was going to work with a team yesterday and was having this thought process where we were kind of struggling through something as a business. And this is, it's the language you just used is the language we were using yesterday. We, we love to learn. And I personally love to learn. I love to read. I love to engage with, you know, conversations like this one. And I'm, you know, going to write things down as I'm listening on the, on the playback. And it's like, I, I, we got to do this. 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 And that's the way we feel when we go to work in the morning. I do this, I got to do this, I got to like, and it just kind of happens. We just show up and it happens to us. And then we're constantly in reaction mode. And instead of taking this intentional purposeful, I actually need to practice this thing. Cause the thing that we said was learn, practice, execute. It's the same exact function, teach, repeat, oh, yeah. compete. And it's just crazy that you mentioned it. Cause we were having this exact conversation, learn, practice, execute yesterday on the way to a, a speaking engagement. And it's like, I love learning and I love executing. I really don't am not very good at the practicing. <laughs> and we think that, you know, I'm 35. I, I shouldn't have to practice anymore. Right. I'm, I'm doing this thing. I can show up and execute however I want to, whenever I want to, it's my business, like whatever, you know, like we, we make all these excuses for ourselves, but it's the same exact thing that you're talking about with athletics in our day-to-day lives. How do we pull out, the value, the, the intention, the purpose, and then walk through the door and say, I actually love doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Or I might not like this part of it, but I love this part of it. And I can't wait to get there. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, that's such good stuff. And it's, we're kind of all, all talking about the same thing right now, but just being able to back out and say, actually, this is part of my day to day life. Also, it's not just for ultimate Frisbee players or football players or golfers. It's, it's for me being a great parent. Oh so. yeah. Well, and uh, I love that you were talking about it yesterday and like having that conversation. I love when, you know, when it lines up that way, it makes it, you know, I just, it, it gets me excited, right. You know, kind of this whole idea that universe is kind of working there uh, for it. Um, and yeah, it's um, it, it, I always say performance is performance. So whenever I'm talking to like, if I'm talking to a high school athlete, I, I tell them, Hey, we're going to talk about performance. That includes schoolwork. Right. I had a baseball player one day came in. I was like, how are you doing? He's like, I'm stressed about my French test. And I said, all right, we're not going to talk baseball. Let's talk about how you build in these habits into studying. Right. Nobody wants to talk about studying or at least no 17 year old, you know, male wants to talk about studying. Uh, But when you, when you frame it in the same way of like, Hey, this is the same way to be able to go and do the same thing. Like that's where I think sport is such a cool vehicle just to teach all these different lessons and could teach whatever you want it to to mean. And so being able to dress up some of those conversations where, okay, Hey, you know, you're struggling with, you know, your schoolwork or, you know, it's like, well, spend some time working, working on that or building, building in these, these habits or skills, same thing. Um, and so I think that it's incredibly valuable to understand that 
performance is performance, right? Cause we, so we have to show up and, you know, and all these different things that pull us in, you know, um, in our daily life that we need to make sure that we're actually present for, because you never know sometimes like something I've really been working on is taking care of kind of like the, like the personal mental, like personal, you know, personal health, mental health aspect of, you know, my own self, because I have to show up and be there for other people. Uh, and so that's something that like, I'm really good as a coach, just being like, I'll get to it. Right. I have to be there for my players, these other people and different things when really it's no, I'm not, you know, not doing that. So I can't give anything really, really back to it. Um, and so I think that that's important for, you know, people to understand, you know, Hey, parents, you know, you know, whatever role you may be filling in teacher, dip coach, whatever, whatever it may be, it can apply across the board. Um, you know, and then the, so the index card with the reason why it's three things actually comes from Jim Valvano because he used to do that. And then his wife used to take it out every night. Um, I don't know if she did anything with him or like just this whole idea of like, he always carried it with, with him of like the three things I always wanted, wanted to be doing each day. Um, so now I've just tried to, you know, at least change that into more of kind of an intention based thing. The, the, the last part about like with, with adding in the practice, right. Practicing the skills is always like the hardest part of it. Um, but being able to encourage the mistakes when they happen, um, is something that I'm really big on what, because it's now you're taking away like, Oh, you did this routine. You're supposed to be perfect at it. Well, it, sometimes things go right, especially in golf, you hit a sprinkler head and that perfect shot down the middle goes, goes awry where things maybe, you know, don't go your way. You celebrate the mistake. Reason being, you change up the relationship that you have with the mistake and understand, okay, Hey, we, the mistake happened. We know that's the worst, worst case scenario there. Now we can move forward and go through because then people are going to want to continuously practice it and work on it a little bit more. Well, and the mistake tells us something. Yeah. Right? The mistake is informative. I think that's the, that's such a crucial part. I mean, part of what we were talking about yesterday was, was our inability to get through some things mentally as you know, like the business side of things. And the mistake actually lays out what we need to change and what we need to fix. So we should celebrate the mistake. It just feels crappy in the moment. You know, it just feels like I don't want to feel this way right now. And I read something the other day that says emotion, sole purpose of emotion is to help us make decisions, right? So emotions guide our decision-making. Well, that thing that I'm trying to avoid as a decision, because I don't like the way it feels might be the exact thing I need to go and seek because it's going to show me what my next action is. And you're 100% right. As coaches, we don't do that enough. We, we make the mistake. We amplify the negative feelings around the mistake a lot of the time because we aren't getting the result we want. And to celebrate a mistake uh, it could just change the culture, you know? <laughs> I mean, so... Yeah. And it's one of my favorite things. I used to coach a high school ultimate ultimate team, which is where like kind of the whole coaching thing, you know, I went from, you know, basically high school to now I'm coaching a, you know, a pro level team. There's no kind of in between, <laughs> but, uh, but I used to tell my high schoolers, I was like, Hey, when's the last time you made a mistake? And they're like, I never, like, I don't know. I don't want to make the mistake. I'm like, all right. So you made a terrible, terrible decision, right. Rather than trying to make, like trying to correct and trying to work on what it is we're working on. Like, Hey, go back and do it. If you screw up, it's fine. We're going to celebrate it. Right. I think I had one of my, one of the players, he, he tried it. It didn't work. Like I ran on the field, like he had just scored like something like, you know, like a game winning score or something else like that. And he, I was like, all right, now do it again. Let's just make it like, let's just make it better. Right. It frees up the athlete to be able to go out and actually perform rather than, well, 
I'm playing not to make a mistake. They're playing to try and complete the play. So, Will, you, in preparation in our conversations ahead of time, you shared with us that you're working on this thing called the effective mindset, I think is what you called it. Yeah. Correct? Oh, yeah. So, I would assume some of the stuff that we've already talked about is included in that, but tell us a little bit about that and kind of what you're working on with that. And Yeah, it's, uh, it's something it's like, it's been like a little brain child, a little brain baby for a long time. And I've been trying to figure out how to put it together. And so I've been slowly putting it together. Um, it's kind of a unique combination of some of the uh, studying of stoicism. Um, so the, this, the art of kind of operating in the middle uh, is kind of the easiest way for me to be able to describe it. If For those who aren't necessarily familiar with it, there are some great resources on stoicism uh, to look, at, uh, look it up uh, and check it out and see some more about it. Uh, and then the other part of it is um, uh, Trevor Moad's book, um, It Takes What It Takes, which is all about the, you know, kind of the new, thinking neutral. Um, and once actually I heard that book, I was like, oh. Like that's like, that's incredible. Like he's been doing a fantastic job working on it and has developed that, you know, he's got a great, you know, an athlete um, in Russell Wilson who can really like, I think he truly embodies what Trevor is talking about. Uh, and we're seeing a whole lot of it, you know, with his success on the field. Um, uh, I saw it well. last night, last night in their Monday night game. <laughs> so yeah. And where it's, you know, he's able to go out there and this idea of kind of uh, operating in the middle um, is I think what's important, but the reason why I, I call it the effective mindset is because I want to change up the relationship uh, of like negative thoughts for athletes. Right. So I don't know if y'all have ever had this happen, but like if something negative happens or like you just feel bad, someone's like, Oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Just smile. Or like, you know, just be, just think positive. Right. Y'all, y'all are a high level competitors. You have, you, you know, I know y'all play together at football. Like my reaction to that is like, I don't want to talk to that person anymore. Right. Um, I'm like, great, get away from me. Um, because I'm like kind of stewing in my own kind of like still frustrated. Right. So it's hard to make that switch to go just from negative to positive. Well, if you if you get rid of positive and you just go, Hey, how can we be effective? It changes the conversation. Right. Uh, at least, and that's what I'm kind of working on a little bit more of like, we don't need to be positive. We need to go through and be effective. What's, you know, Hey, negative play happened. What happened there? Like, you know, we can recognize, diagnose it, understand like, Hey, I get it. Maybe you screwed up ownership. Great. How can we become effective? What's the next thing you need to be able to go through and do. So then you're putting it more of kind of a process oriented, like step-by-step in front of an athlete. You're not saying, okay, Hey, just be positive. Don't worry. We're going to go out and get the next play. You're saying, how do we do it? And that, and that three-letter word, how, is so important. And I, I say, hey, the effective mindset is all about how you do something. Um, and so I think it's a great way just to be able to help athletes understand you, something positive, you know, a good play happens, bad play happens. You're going to have these thoughts that pop up. Let's go ahead and use them. If it's a negative play and you have these bad thoughts, maybe I'm, I'm the worst player in the world, whatever kind of rabbit hole you go down, use those thoughts for you rather than let them work against you instead of just saying like, Oh no, I'm all, everything's all fine. Say, okay, well, that's a, that's a detrimental thought. What am I actually trying to do here and how can I get back to actually performing the skill? Um, so that's more of kind of what the effective mindset is, is under it's, I call it uh, acknowledging, recognizing, and then like being able to be effective uh, are kind of the three steps that I'll work with athletes on with that. We had a guest on uh, who talked about, in one of her videos, Hannah Huseman, she works with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she talked in one of her videos about like self-talk 
and negative self-talk is not necessarily a negative thing because if you are realistic with yourself, if you have this awareness with yourself that that thing was not good, instead of just saying, oh, I have to be positive, I have to be positive, that's actually ineffective because you're trying to move from a feeling of, I didn't do that well, and you have this cognitive dissonance of, well, I actually, I didn't do that well. And I am aware that I didn't do that well, but now I'm supposed to be positive about it. No. Okay. I didn't do that. Well, what can I learn from it? How can I, you know, how can I be honest with myself that that wasn't a good, I didn't execute terribly well today on that thing. What can I do next time to execute better? And I, like, as you're saying that, I'm just going, you know, I, I do the daily stoic Ryan holidays, uh, you know, stuff. And I love Ryan holidays work also. and, And like, I just, it, I'm a bit of a utilitarian. Like, what's the utility of this thing? It's is the best way that I think about stuff, and and so I love hearing that to being able to frame it for athletes to say, okay, it's not stoicism, it's not uh, whatever you want to call it. It's just about can you get back to how am I most effective? And I, I think this is an important topic for coaches or leaders as well. So we're, I mean, we, we've kind of been talking about it from the individual athlete perspective and how do you be effective and with your mindset, but also for leaders, it's not about just being positive when things don't go well or being positive about our future. It's about what's effective, what's realistic. And the, you know, when you when you touched on it, you said that three letter word of how, like yeah. that, that is the thing because so often too, we get stuck and it's like, oh, this happened. I'm going to be positive about it but then I don't have a plan. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do other than, yeah, it's going to work out better next time. Well, that switches the mindset or the perspective into the, okay, this is how, this is what I actually need to do to move me myself forward mm-hmm. next time, next play, next meeting, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being able to switch that relationship with it is again, cause it's the, the cognitive dis- dissonance, like, you know, I work with a lot of youth athletes. So I just, you know, phrase and ask them, I'm like, okay, so somebody tells you to be positive after you make a mistake. What are you thinking about? They're like, well, the mistake. And I'm like, okay, so now you're battling yourself. How do we go ahead and embrace that? Kind of this whole, you know, taking embrace the suck, you know, to a degree and like running with it, right? Uh, of being able to make sure that athletes understand, like, look, mistakes are going to happen. You don't have to always beat yourself up for it. But if you're going to spend that energy going down that road, let's at least figure out how we can move forward and use that in in a way that's going to benefit you and work for you rather than against you. Um, Because that's, I think, one of the most important things we can teach any athlete at any level is understanding that, you know, you can be hard on yourself. You can have that negative conversation because sometimes you you like, sometimes you need to be one telling yourself, Hey, like, you know, take care of, you know, like you can do better what in the world's going on. Like sometimes you have to hear that from yourself well, let's go ahead and figure out that how we can take that conversation to the next level and say, okay, hey, boom, we got it, right? You have that conversation, you know, that moment is, you know, moment's gone. You know, I like to phrase that, say, hey, that moment no longer works for you other than like you're learning. So like, let's move our conversation forward to, okay, how do I get better at this next time? How can I be prepared, right? And then what do, what do I need to be doing? Because then it's a call to action. It creates you know, it creates a sense of urgency kind of within the, the person because any, any high level competitor, any athlete uh, is really going to want to try and get better at what they do. Um, and that's, you know, I think what is, what is important. So that making sure athletes don't miss the lesson and then understand how they can move themselves forward. 
and to practice it, right? To come back to that thing we were just talking about, like I now have to practice this thing because I'm aware I'm not very good at it right now. So how do I get more effective through practice and through repeat Mm -hmm. to allow myself to go and compete at my best level? I like, that's awesome stuff. I, I mean, it, like you said, it, it engages me and it excites me to talk with somebody who's, who's doing the same work, but beyond that, like it's, it's just powerful. Like I, I'm thinking about my relationship with my wife right now and how sometimes I just don't want to communicate because I'm angry or I'm frustrated. Right. And is that effective? Like it's not at all effective. It, it causes more problems. It causes more issues. And so can I get from, Hey, that wasn't very good. And now I'm being defensive because I didn't like what I did to like projecting it outward and making the conversation negative. Like that doesn't help either. So I, I think there's just a huge call to us as human beings to think about our thinking sometimes to be present and aware of what's going on and, and then to get back to effective. And so uh, I know it's not, you said it's kind of a beta in a prototype. It's a, it's a thought baby. I love that language. Thanks for sharing it with us. Cause I think it's going to grow people as they listen. So. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I appreciate because again, this is the, this is maybe like the second time that I've really kind of talked about it, at least formally. If some of my athletes who I've been working with over the last couple of months have kind of have, have seen it and, and uh, understand it a little bit more. Um, but I, I do think it is important to be able to make sure that you kind of shift that relationship to understand, you know, with those thoughts or different things that happen uh, with it. Because again, the communication piece, right. Like, like with different, um, different relationships, right. I just recently had a, a, a very close friend, somebody who I really care about and value their opinion, call me out for doing the same thing. They're like, Hey, like you lost your mind coaching, right. Like kind of losing, losing yourself in it and not being able to step away from that. And so that's been a big piece that I've had to like, kind of look at myself and understand as an individual, Hey, if I'm going to like tell athletes this then I have to work on it in my own personal life, because, you know, I, I, it's just because I'm coaching, I'm not competing as much in different things anymore. So like now I have to almost compete, compete in life and understand like how I can change up some of the relationships that I have with these thoughts and, and just as an individual, make sure that I'm honoring what, what it is that like the relationship I have with those around me. And, but then also the work that I'm trying to do with the athletes to make sure I'm taking care of everything um, on the home front more or less. And so, so I do think you can definitely shift over a little bit more, um, and in, in that sense as well. So it's exciting as well. The, um, if, cause it's also a forward focused mentality rather than, um, I see a lot of athletes who feel like they have to, um, go back and correct a mistake. I'm like, well, you, you never do a new, you never do a new rep to try and correct an old mistake, right? It's, you know, that's, you know, kind of a atonement, if you will. Um, you understand it, you use it and say, okay, how, how can I go out and be effective this rep? And then that's how, like, that's where you grow. Cause I see a lot of players carry the weight of a mistake with them immediately afterwards and try and go in like, Oh, I have to try harder. Cause I screwed up. It's like, well, I mean, you need to focus a little bit better. You need to understand and be effective this rep, but you can't just make up for that past rep. You can always, you can always learn and grow from it. Awesome stuff. Well, what, where can people find you? social media online where can they follow the the alley cats or buy their gear because once the video comes out people are going to want this stuff yeah so um well yeah i appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk with y'all it's been fun to engage with y'all over the last um you know ever since we've met so i'm glad we uh, are connected so um you know the you know on um 
on Instagram, it's at Will Drumright, uh, all one word. Uh, so you can find me there on Instagram. It's WCDrummy15. Somebody has at Will Drumright, so I might have to like fight them for it. So <laughs> working on that, <laughs> uh, not actually fighting them, but, uh, but I'm on there. Uh, as y'all have found out, it is college football season for me. So I'm, a, I'm an Alabama grad, so I tend to say Roll Tide a fair amount. Uh, so just be forewarned there, but, um, you know, those are kind of, those are the easiest places to reach out to me. Uh, and I would love to be able to connect with everybody, uh, you know, who wants to reach out or, and just, and just talk about things. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, Indy Alley Cats is at Indy, I-N-D-Y Alley Cats, all one word, uh, across the socials. Um, and so they're pretty active. Uh, we've got a pretty active social media team, so they're out there out and about a lot. So. Thanks for coming on, man. It was great to catch up and uh, we hope nothing but the best as your season gets rolling whenever that happens. So thanks again, guys, for having me on a great conversation and uh, just uh, really appreciate it. And I'm excited to see what y'all have coming, uh, moving forward with the brand. So thank y'all. Appreciate it. Thanks, Will. Two things really struck me in our conversation with Will today. And you mentioned it, John, in the episode, in the, in the conversation. You said, how would my life change if I approached it with that Jimmy V, those three things? And then I was excited about those three things today. Like, how would life change if I was excited to go to work because that was my intention for the day and I had this project I needed to get done and I, and I approached it with enthusiasm and engagement and excitement? What would our lives look like if we did that thing each day? I think that's incredibly powerful and a tool we can use right now to change our outcomes. And the second thing that really has struck me, and it's particularly important to us in our business right now, is teach, repeat, compete. And to us, we were having this conversation, it's learn, practice, execute. We love to learn because the challenge is new and it's exciting and it's novel and it's fun. And we love to go execute because we get an opportunity to show what we can do. We don't love the repeat. We don't love the practice. We need to, as human beings, as people in 2020, right, get better at engaging in and staying in the fight when it comes to practice, when it comes to repetition. Because if the thing that you want to do feels really far away right now, it's probably because you're not doing enough of that. And for us, some of the stuff that feels really far away might be because we haven't done the practice. We haven't done the work to get to the next level. And as always, live eyes up. <laughs>